So guess how long it used to take Southwest in the 1970s to turn an aircraft, get the passengers off, get new passengers on, and then fly again? An hour? 10 minutes. 10 minutes? That's not possible. Not today. Welcome to Now Boarding. I am Erin Black, and this is Leslie Josephs. We cover aviation here at CNBC. And this week, we are actually talking about boarding, which is kind of a nightmare. Always a nightmare. <laughs> and very confusing. Yes, every time. It's probably the worst part, I think, of a, of a trip, mm -hmm. usually, if you, if you don't have a delay. We know every airline has their own way of boarding. They have their own method. There's zones. There's groups. There seem to be more groups than ever. Every year you fly, there's a new category you haven't heard of, and it just gets more and more complicated. Now, all airlines start with military, disabled, people traveling with children. Then it kind of goes to the most elite of their customers, and then it depends on the airline. So for United, there's five groups. How many does American have? American has nine groups. Nine. Nine. <laughs> so I recently flew Delta, and they don't use numbers. They still have groups, but they have specific names for the groups. And I found that actually even more confusing because I didn't know where my group, because I don't fly Delta often, like fell into the grand scheme of, you know, one through nine or one through five. Yeah. It, it gets confusing also because you have like face into your app and you're looking at what your group is and you're also trying to hear. And then there's, you know, over a hundred people around you and it, it just, it gets confusing overall. I, I find it like the most stressful, even more than than going through security. Yeah. And it makes the airport even more chaotic because like what's been happening, like if you go to Terminal C at Newark, the United flights are like they're all spewing out into like the food area, like people are eating and then people are lined up for their flight like back to back. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it seems like it's just gotten more and more confusing. Part of it is because in the years that we've had baggage fees, I think people bring more stuff on board. Everyone is very nervous about getting an overhead bin space. Everyone's nervous just about getting to their seat, even though most airlines do have assigned seats. So then it, it does become this kind of chaotic thing. It's like the Olympic, like the worst Olympic sport that you can imagine. Before, you know, I, and I don't know what your method is, but like I try to line up, not line up, but kind of stay close before my group is Linger called. Around. Linger around, which is like a very look down <laughs> which upon. Which is what everyone does. Like everyone's yeah. just kind of like standing in the back pretending yeah. like they're not waiting for their group to be called. But Right. But they mm -hmm. are. And then there are big groups of people or people traveling with families. That's very stressful experience, making sure like your kids are seated, making sure that strollers are checked and there are other things that, that you need to do. But yeah, generally I try, you know, if I hear if I'm in group five and they're up to group three, like that's how I know I can like kind of start inching toward the boarding area. Mm -hmm. But the, the origin of most of these groups is because airlines have continuously rewarded their highest paying customers in various ways. And whether that's, you know, whether like an upgrade or, or something to the credit seat. card gets you a credit certain, card gets mm -hmm. you a certain group. Um, you know, you get a certain number of uh, frequent flyer points and you have status that'll, you know, could get you up. Um, and then they also sell it a la carte. You know, you can get faster boarding. That's something that airlines dangle in front of people. You know, you pay like 15, 20, 25 bucks in some cases, and then you have faster boarding. Mm -hmm. And then there are like the travelers that don't care at all when they're boarding. And it's just like, we all land at the same time and it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, I think the rush for overhead bin space is definitely an issue. But then and, there's an airline like Southwest who has free checked bags and has a completely different boarding method than 
at least the three legacy airlines. Yeah, Southwest does not have assigned seating, which to me is such a wild concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't flown them a ton, but it is they, they divide you essentially in A, B, or C. And as you check in, you get your boarding, kind of the number you are in line, and mm-hmm. then people line up. There was a woman on a flight recently. It was She was older, and she was like, oh, like I always prefer flying Southwest because I don't, I can definitely sit up front, like getting back to the back of the plane is harder for me these days. And, yeah. you know, there's definitely a lot of benefit to people. Yeah. And I, I think if you do need more time, you should just ask the gate agent regardless, because a lot of these things like your boarding group, all these zones that we're talking about, boarding groups are on on your phone. And if you're elderly or if you, you know, you have like you're not tech savvy, then you can always ask to probably board early and like hope that they just let you on. And sometimes they're, the airlines are very intent on turning the plane as quickly as possible because if that plane leaves late, it could arrive late, potentially the crew could time out or it won't make the next flight, that flight's late. And then just kind of has this like chain effect um, running through the whole system. Mm-hmm. So. so we did talk to Southwest, but before we get to that interview, kind of walk me through all the different ways you could you know, there are studies about boarding planes and trying to make it more efficient. What are what are those different ways? Well, uh, some of the methods that have been trialed and, and studied, you know, back to front, which in my mind seems like it would be the most logical. Wouldn't you want to get people, you know, why would you do it any other way? That's actually in some studies show that it's not the fastest. Um, there was a study that came out in 2000 that showed if you can get the slowest passengers on first, and then have like faster passengers on after that's like the most efficient or that is more efficient. But how, what are you going to interview? Like have a, a tryout like mm-hmm. for a sport and <laughs> say like, okay, go like 31 F, like go for it. And so that's kind of like a very hard to implement thing. And then there are also studies that show that it could be more efficient to do window than the middle seat and then the aisle. The, all of these things get very complicated because you have families, you have people traveling together. It, you know, some people do need more time. Sometimes there's one member of the party that needs more time some and a member of the party that does. So it's you have to take in the human factors into account. And then at the same time, the airlines are so intent on rewarding people that are willing to spend more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, you know, you if you're in a an economy plus seat or you know, like an extra legroom seat, you're going to get to board first, even though you're closer to the front. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think it's like, Sometimes one of the most excruciating things of travel is just watching how confusing it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are people yelling at you, like people are behind you. It's a, it's a stressful thing. And I think, yeah. you know. People are like right behind you. Right like. behind you. Everybody's <laughs> angry. I, maybe it's like hard to concentrate. I don't know what it is, but it's. Or just anxiety to get to your seat. There's anxiety. If there's overhead space at your seat. <laughs> there, yeah. Should I put my bag up here because there's no space in the back? Yeah. People are throwing their coats up there. Don't throw your coat up there until all the bags are in there. Just mm-hmm. like as a courtesy. <laughs> So that becomes more complicated. So, yes, we did talk to Steve Goldberg, who is the senior vice president of um, hospitality and operations at Southwest Airlines about their specific uh, method of boarding and and ways they're looking at uh, making it more efficient. Our unique boarding, uh, you know, uh, process, I think is is fairly unique in the industry, um, and it's uh, a boarding process. As as you guys know, we we don't assign seats, we assign a boarding position, 
And, uh, you know, I'll take you a little bit of history. So probably from our start till about, um, you know, early 2000s, we, we, we checked in every single customer at the gate. So every customer had to check in an hour before departure to get a plastic boarding card. I'm, I'm sure, I think you guys remember those. And, and uh, you know, my vast memory of that, people holding them in their mouth and, and chewing on them and, and, you know, see all sorts of things there. It's uh, until about, uh, I think I want to say, uh, you know, after September 11th, it drove us to do things a little bit differently. We went away from the, the plastic boarding cards to paper boarding pass that you see all over the industry. And then instead of uh, after September 11th, early 2000s, we did a lot of studies on passenger movement, what our boarding process was, open seating versus seating assignments. And you know, during that time, overwhelmingly, our customers told us, don't do anything with the open seating, but the boarding process can get better. So that's when we kind of made that switch from where everybody had to check in at the gate to where you, you can check in and you get a boarding uh, position, kind of current where, where it sits today. I believe we did that in 2007. If you look at our boarding process, it's a really organized process. Um, and expectations are, are pretty clearly set for our customers. Uh, and I, they like that. They tell us they like that. And it's organized. And I, I think it's one of the best boarding process. Of course, I'm biased, but I think it's one of the best boarding processes in the industry. Bottom line, it's, our customers like it. It helps us with the turn. As you guys know, that's kind of our DNA, our bread and butter of, of, of turning airplanes and, and being really good at it. And um, we continue to evaluate that today. Is there like a set time that it usually takes to board a plane? You know, it all, I know a lot of this comes down to, you know, it's quicker process than, you know, having five, nine, 20 groups of people. We are all over the data timestamps right now because uh, I'll talk about uh, some work that we've got going on in Atlanta. But yeah, we, we've got these, these data points that tell us how long it, it takes to board, you know, 143 seat airplane versus 175 seat airplane, kind of where we need to be at our first passenger scan versus our last passenger scan to give us the best shot of an on-time uh, departure. So uh, we are really in the, in, in the meat of that right now. And, and we've got kind of some work going on down in Atlanta. We've kind of got four gates in our Atlanta operation where we're testing you know, different concepts of boarding uh, process with different tools. You know, um, you know, the boarding uh, stanchions that we have that designate the numbers, you know, we're doing some video work on those to kind of uh, reset customers' expectations. We've given some mobile tools to our employees to try to get some better efficiency at the boarding process, uh, jetway experience, um, you know, and really teeing up the customer for a, a, a really good experience, also while improving the flow of customers getting on the airplane. You know, when you talk about boarding, you also have to talk about the planing because that's that's another part of the overall process. And really since the end of, during the pandemic, the end of the pandemic, um, you know, that process has elongated a little bit. So trying to pull that in as well, because that in flip helps us with our, our, our boarding process. So just a lot of work going on in that space to try to try to make it a, a better experience for our customers and our employees and try to gain some efficiencies from it. So how many minutes does it take to board, let's say like a 737 MAX or an 800? 
um, and, and what is too long? I think the overall number in, in, in about that, uh, you know, 15, 16 minute range, preferably the ideal time is about 13 minutes. That's full 143, a little bit longer for a uh, max eight, uh, which is 175 seats. How does that compare to your competitors? Well, uh, it's it's it, it's industry leading. Uh, I think it's safe to say, um, as you guys know, our, our turn times are are usually industry leading on a compar comparable fleet across the industry. You know, average turn time for 143 seater is in the neighborhood of uh, you know 43, 45 minutes. Uh, 175 seater, you're, you're talking more in that 50 to 55 minute range. And how much does it cost you as an airline uh, when the, the plane leaves late? Everything evolves around on time performance. So uh, the more we run on time, uh, the better we are uh, in, in, in better, uh, more efficiencies uh, overall. Um, you, you leave late, it, it runs into uh, crew issues, which is cost, runs into customer issues, uh, potential misconnects, which is cost, baggage issues. So uh, the importance of running on time is paramount in the overall scheme of things for for uh, customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction as well. And is the time to board a plane taking longer just because the planes are so full or um, leisure travelers are kind of dominating now versus like their your average. Yeah, I think the latter comment there, Leslie, is probably the 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 biggest thing we we saw. You know, during the pandemic, post pandemic. Um, you know, of course, we value all of our customers. We extremely value our business customers, but you know, those regular war road warriors that we saw once, twice, three times a week that know the process like the back of their hand how to board the airplane, stow their bags, get on and get off efficient. And when when you're you're running a, a full airplane, you know, 30, 40 percent of that business customers, it makes a difference in your your processes versus, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent leisure customer that may have not flown in a while, you know, maybe only flying one time a year. And it just uh, the benefits you got of the frequent traveler versus the traveler that's flying once a year, you you see that in in the art of the turn sort of say and what do you recommend to, to passengers in general like how can they make it more efficient you know bags fly free on southwest so we love when our customers check check their their bags in um because that helps us downstream it helps us at the gate it helps us turning when you have no carry-ons or just one carry-on it makes that process flow a little bit more leave the heavy work to us and we'll, we'll move your bags for us um I think having a game plan, you know, I know I recently traveled with my family and, you know, we're having a discussion as much as we fly before we get on the airplane, where we're going to sit, where, we're, where are the bags going and all of that. And I, I think that's just it's just, uh, you know, it makes the travel experience a little bit more uh, pleasurable, just having a game plan of, of what you want to do. And then there's always that opportunity to ask for help. Um, we are in the hospitality business. And our people do just a great job assisting our customers. And that's what we're there for, is to help them uh, through the entire journey. And what irks you when you see people boarding? What mistakes do you see? I've been in this business long enough where um, we are really in this, in this business of providing hospitality. Um, I, I, don't, I don't say anything irks me in general, but um, 
you know, when people try to maybe take on two, three, four carry-ons, because that, that can just slow the process down. Our ops agent boarding the airplane has to tag bags and, um, you know, of just just playing by the rules, I guess. Maybe that's, uh, we're, we're, as you guys know, we're really flexible um, and, and we want to do right by our customers. But uh, um, for the most part, our customers do just a great job getting themselves set up right for, for their journey. And do you think there's ever a time where Southwest would have assigned seating? You know, I've come to say over the years, never say never. Um, we constantly look at that, Leslie. Um, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we, we have a deep dive this year on it. I think we, we may have, uh, Bob or Andrew may have made, mentioned that in an earnings call. A call. Um, but we're always constantly looking at it. You know, there's pros and cons of it uh, on both sides of it. But uh, it, I think the the view that we look at what's best for our customers, what's best for our employees, what helps us turn airplanes, allows us to continue to be efficient, productive. I think they just it has to check all those boxes. And these um, your trials in Atlanta, they're only in Atlanta. Is yeah, right? just in Atlanta. We've got four gates designated there. Uh, like I said, we're, we're trying some stuff with the boarding. We're trying, uh, a new, uh, a ramp information display system outside on the gate for our below the wing employees. So it's kind of a little, a little bit of an innovation lab we've got set up down there right now and just testing different things that in regards to the turn of an airplane. So that's the music you play on the jet bridge? Yeah. Music in the jetways. Yep. We've got some tools where, where mobility tools, iPads and stuff that our employees are using to work on the process, giving them not stuck to a computer, uh, a tethered computer, but it'll give them the flexibility to move around a little bit more. What's the take up rate on people that buy buy up for early boarding? So we've got uh, early boarding and then uh, uh, we've got um, uh, business select, which is a one through 15. So you can buy directly into that. Um, uh, we can follow up with you on the take up rate. I don't have that off, off the top of my head, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, both are very heavily used, uh, business select guarantees you kind of in that first, first group, um, or early boarding, uh, uh, early bird, uh, allows you to get a better position. Doesn't guarantee an A position, but allows you to get a better position than just checking in 24 hours before. Got it. Well, with the success that you've seen with it, why don't you think more airlines are kind of following this process of boarding? It's a great question. Um, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. Um, um, and it's a differentiator for us. Um, our people are able to pull it off. I'm, I'm not sure if, if everybody could pull off this, this different way of doing business, but, uh, you know, uh, I think our track record speaks there that we've just been doing it for a long time and it, it sets us apart. Those are all my questions. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, likewise. Me too. So that's pretty crazy that Southwest has been using that same boarding method since 2007. Southwest is really the outlier because airlines have been trying to find new ways to charge customers 
for everything from extra legroom, even seats that are farther forward on the plane. You know, there's more segmentation, the early boarding thing that we discussed, um, which is something that Southwest does offer to get further, you know, in the, in the line. But we did talk to Carrie Filipovich, who used to be the senior vice president of customer experience at American Airlines. She had more than two decades of uh, experience in, in airlines, um, kind of talking through the, the reasons why uh, American had changed boarding groups and what their strategy was. I was involved in developing boarding procedures, I think, at, at, at every airline that, that I touched and um, changing things around. I would say it got complicated when load factors got high. You know, when I started in the airline industry back in the 90s, I think our load factors were typically, you know, you'd have about two thirds of the plane full. And when you have a lot of open seats on the plane, I think boarding isn't complicated. But as demand for air travel grew and capacity grew and, and real fares dropped for consumers, you know, now it's rare that you see an, a lot of open seats on a plane. And I think that makes it more complicated to board when you are filling up the aircraft. And how important is boarding in the overall business? You know, like how much time goes into like thinking about that process? Airlines are trying to be efficient and um, make turn times as fast as possible. You've maybe heard that term because when the plane is on the ground, it's not generating revenue. And so you want to have the planes in the air more and on the ground less and being able to board and deplane quickly as well as, you know, load your the bellies of the aircraft um, as quickly as possible is is a key factor to that. So I think airlines over time have tried different boarding processes in order to help manage those turn, turn times. The other thing over time that I know you know about is that um, airlines have increasingly tried to monetize different points of the travel process. Um, instead of just having a fare that includes everything, now you have bag fees, and in some cases you have change fees or booking fees things like that. And um, one thing that people value is the when they get to board the aircraft and where they get to sit. And so when airlines started selling premium seats, knowing that being able to board early was something that was also valued, you, know, you can increase the demand for that product by offering that. Um, it's also something that's used as a reward for frequent flyers and for credit card holders. So I think if you were simply focused on um, speed and reliability, you might board the planes differently. And if you look at empirical studies, it would tell you that the two most efficient boarding schemes are either reverse pyramid boarding, which is basically boarding aisle to window back to, or sorry, window to aisle back to front of the aircraft, or just random boarding. So you have people stopping to store their bags and get settled at different points in the plane rather than everybody kind of being in the same place. Um, and so I think, but because customers value their boarding priority, that's why airlines are doing groups where they're boarding, you know, their most elite customers and their first class customers earlier in the process, um, and then other elite members, other members of the frequent flyer program before you get to board basic economy and people that are paying the lowest fares. And so I think that's really why the different boarding groups that we see today have emerged. Does that slow the process down if you're having people maybe sit in like row 12 or like in the middle of the plane and then people who are trying to get to the 31st row or, or some of the rows toward the back um, that they have to wait for them to move. I mean, it just seems like it's all over the place where people sit. 
I would say, does that slow the process down? Maybe. Um, and like I mentioned, the two empirical studies that you see that have the most efficient boarding, the reverse pyramid, and then also random boarding. And when you start assigning people to groups based on their value to the airline or the value of the ticket that they um, purchased, you're probably approximating random boarding, right? Because people are going to be seated at different parts of the aircraft. So, um, so that could be efficient. I think the other reason that airlines have adjusted their processes over time are to best leverage technology that's been added. You know, we see so much more information provided on the screens at the gates today than used to be, and also to customers on their apps, um, both notifications and also the ability so you can see where you are on the upgrade or standby list. Um, you can go change your own seat if you want to do it and those kind of things. And so I think um, boarding has been adjusted to take advantage of those pieces of technology also. And the flight attendants don't get paid, right, for boarding generally? I know Delta's starting, but... That's typically true, right, that they get paid on block, which is basically when the brakes are released on the plane until the brakes are set at the destination. Pilots and flight attendants. Now, on Southwest, you can pay to get, like, check-in. I know there's, like, there's something you can pay for to get that that early access to get on board, correct? Yeah, you can. And my husband and I did that um, just this weekend. And so we got exactly the seats we wanted. And And I'd say that's something that I, for from an airline perspective, is really a good fee to charge, right? Because it is truly optional. Like no one would say I had to pay that fee. Like, oh, I had to check a bag. So I had to pay the fee or I had to change my flight. So it's a purely optional fee that people choose to pay if they see the value in it, right? So I think that that is... A a great way for airlines to make money and also keep their customer satisfaction high. Do you think we'll ever go above nine groups? Uh, um, I, you know, I don't know. I would bet by the time you get to the, um, the last groups, it's um, pretty sparse. There's probably not that many people in them today. So probably no. I think probably the bigger challenge is balancing the earlier groups, right? What I see when I travel is when the first group is called, it seems like there's an awful lot of people in it. And I think that it could make the customer experience better to have the groups more equally populated. But that's a challenge to be able to do that, of course. Okay, well, that was great. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks we'll for inviting me. It was nice to yeah. talk to you. Yeah, likewise. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Okay, so it seems no matter what airline, you can pay to board the plane first, and that's probably the biggest tip we can give anyone. Yeah, if they're willing to pay, they will get farther to the front of the line. If you want to get to the front front of the line, you're going to have to pay a lot. All right, well, that does it for our boarding episode on Now Boarding. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Now Boarding is produced by Aaron Black and Leslie Josephs with camera by Liam Mays, animations by Jason Reginato with support from senior production manager Kathy Mavrakakis, supervising producer Janice Pettit, and executive producer Camelia Angelova. 